Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliary. It's Marketing Monday and we're exploring the metaverse today with Ularity's Tanuj Joshi. Today's show is brought to you by the all-new Franchise Customer Experience Conference, Thrive and True Presence. True Presence has an integrated digital marketing platform for franchises and multi-location businesses with a marketing tech stack that powers your website, email marketing, e-commerce, social media, and directories management. True Presence has developed a new technology that can better track franchise websites, including franchise microsites. They track and report on 75 SEO attributes that indicate health. They compare franchise locations to each other and to local competitors and report back to you what needs improvement in order to perform better. Learn more at truepresence.com. Tanuj Joshi is the co-founder and CEO of Ularity, and he's back on Social Geek Radio right now. Hey, Tanuj, how are you? I'm good, Jack. How are you doing today? I am ready to dive into the metaverse. Maybe not literally, maybe figuratively for now. But uh, before we get there, Tanuj, give us a little background on yourself and your experience working in and around Facebook over the past decade or so. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Facebook or now as it is called Meta, it's been a very interesting part of my career for the last decade or so. Uh, you know, primarily my career has been with technology or companies that have done advertising related technologies. And Facebook, as you can understand, has been a marketer's dream or one of the main places where marketers or advertisers spend money. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been associated with them since early days in Palo Alto, some work with them. Then all the companies that I worked for, we worked with Facebook very, very closely, you know, and one thing you can love them or hate them, but one thing which they take <laughs> very seriously is they move fast and they break things. Nice. And, and moving fast now here in 2022 is, is moving into the metaverse. What are sort of your opening thoughts on the metaverse? Is this, is this a real thing that we need to pay attention to? Is it a distraction from something else? Or, or is it a third thing that I'm not even thinking about? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, first, for the viewers out there, there might be a few who would know or who would know about the metaverse, but then I'm sure there are a few who would say, like, what the hell is this thing, right? So getting the ground, setting the ground a little bit here, what I would say is metaverse is a series of connected virtual environments that resemble and function similar to our physical world, right? And that might be the technical definition, but so far we've been able to experience this thing called the internet in a two-dimensional way, right? We have been looking at screens. It's a phone screen, it's a laptop screen, it's a television connected television screen. And 
all the things associated, but it's been a two-dimensional way to experience this thing called the internet. Metaverse kind of breaks that paradigm, right? And it says that the way to experience the internet as, or as the gurus call it now, web three is three-dimensional. You should not, you can be in it. So I definitely think as you were asking, it is something where the world is moving, right? And as I say, if you showed somebody from the 19th century or even the 18th century, this thing called the internet, they would say that, hey, I am, you know, happy uh, fighting the numerous wars. Everything is more physical. It's important. But now come 2020 or come 2000, we are all kind of, you know, in the internet world. So I would assume that it is the future. Now, how far into it we realize it will be, uh, will be for all of us to see. It feels like before we even step into the metaverse, that there's already a commercial component to it. And I'll give you an example. Um, here in the, in the world of franchising that, that you and I live in, um, there are already brands who are setting up shop figuratively, of course, in the metaverse, including Wendy's and Chipotle and, and a few other restaurant brands that uh, have decided to jump in pretty early. And it feels like before anyone really has had a chance to explore and see what else they can do with it, some pretty smart marketers are jumping in and saying, hey, let's have a cheeseburger over at virtual Wendy's or let's get a Frosty or, or maybe somehow, how do, we, how do we pull that into the, into the physical world to, um, to increase revenue there? Do you see that as, as a, a positive that brands are experimenting early and, and maybe getting their virtual product or their virtual space set up already? No, I definitely see it as a positive and the way I see it is there are certain industries out there in franchising and, in, and beyond it who will, who will be the first movers. And one of the dreams of every marketer or every executive at a company is that the, their potential or existing customers can experience their brand in a way curated or designed by the executives or the marketers themselves, right? It, 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 as much as scripted it can be, the better it is for the brand to make a good impression on their potential or existing customers. I think Metaverse gives a perfect opportunity for brands to do that. When you are in the Metaverse, you are closed off from the outside world in a way, right? Because you are experiencing that brand from your living room couch. Think for example, a, a Wendy's, right? Like, okay, I go to a Wendy's, I want to have a burger, but there's a big queue. I cannot have the same experience or there is, you know, the storefront is not that great, whatever it is. The, market, the marketers or the executives at Wendy's wanted me to have a specific experience, but because of certain external factors, I cannot have that experience. And it's not in their control. The metamorphs gives them that control. 
Metaverse lets them design an experience which I can have as a customer from my living room couch and it is consistent. It is what they want it to be, which is good. And that's an interesting point that um, you could not have an imperfect experience in the metaverse at a Wendy's or Chipotle or, or any other location. There, there's no chance of, of, the, uh, of the storefront not looking right or traffic out in front or, or not being able to find a parking space or you know, all of the things that could, that could throw the customer experience off before you even get in the door. So yeah, interesting point that it, it really is sort of a, a, a perfect scenario for a marketer to, to, or an operations person to come up with this great customer experience. Entire company, I would say, right? For the, for the entire Wendy's operation, they can design a perfect experience. Let's talk a little bit about getting into the metaverse. What do you see as a barrier? Um, we'll get back to brands, but let's, let's talk about for consumers, for users. Um, it, it's not as simple as pulling out your phone, right? And, and going to Instagram, TikTok, or, or whatever the flavor of the week is. There's, there's a lot more that has to happen before you can really experience the metaverse. Tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, absolutely. I think that's where the biggest opportunity is. And Facebook is, or Meta, Meta is trying to make that happen, right? So the way I think this, this whole thing works is there's the metaverse and then you need good, powerful physical devices to experience it. The way, I com- the way I compare it is with the internet. The internet was a real thing in early 80s, right? When Tim Berners-Lee invented it, it was a way for, uh, you know, the, it was a way for web pages to get loaded, computers to talk to each other, so on and so forth. Then came the era of the personal computer, which propelled the human experience of internet in a little bit. And you know, we all remember our AOL and Yahoo days and we started using it and it was fun and night, but you know, still things like CDs and uh, us physically downloading songs, all that was real. So it was not, a, internet was there, but it was not fully present because devices that we could experience internet with hadn't caught up. Then came the iPhone, right? And it changed everything. And then the laptop and the the powerful laptops and everything. Now we can't even imagine a world without the internet. Everything is, as they say, in the cloud, which means that it is ready on demand and, and, and for you to use. So, these are the two things, right? There's this concept of the internet and there are the good devices to experience it with. I think the concept of metaverse and what are the best devices to experience it with needs to be solved. The concept of metaverse is getting, is, is being put in place right now. You know, Google tried it with their Google Glass. Some of you might remember it was like a little thing which kind of, yeah. yeah. And Microsoft came with its HoloLens. There was, there's this company in Florida called Magic Leap, which does, which has kind of raised billions in funding and, and you know, they're doing something with retailers and we're still, but still not a commercially viable product. And then Facebook acquired Oculus, which is, 
but none of these things have made an impact great enough that it is a mass adoption thing yet. So I think we'll see how companies like Apple and, and the other bigger hardware players give us devices to experience the metaverse. Is it surprising to you, specifically Apple, that Apple has not jumped into this game yet? Well, I think, you know, I mean, as much as I know Apple and I feel how they do things, I think they wait, they are never the first mover in mm. things. They're always the last movers, but they can get it right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So, so there were a bunch of crappy watches and then came the iPod. <laughs> right. There were, right. There were a lot of bad music players and then came the iPod. <laughs> right. There were bad, like two decades of bad phones, then came the iPhone. Right? Yeah. So I think, it, I think they will wait and watch. Um, how it is shaking out. They will let people do their mistakes and then make the move. It's way too early for them to invest in a device. Yeah. yeah. I, I just had a bad flashback as soon as you said that of a really horrible Sony MP3 player that I had uh-huh. just prior to the iPod. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and, and if, if we were stuck with that, I, I think we'd still be listening to tapes and records right now. So, um, so, you know, what's interesting about, uh, say, Oculus. Um, I just ran a quick search and you can buy the Oculus Quest 2, which I believe is sort of the, the, the main um, uh, thing that people are using right now for $300. And, and, and if I would have guessed before I just ran the search, I would have guessed it would have been at least double that, if not more. So... Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's a huge dollar amount to get involved. So maybe maybe people are still waiting to see if other players are going to come up with some other piece of hardware or or something like that. I was I was frankly just surprised that it's only three hundred dollars for a Quest Two. Yeah, no. So yeah, I definitely think right since the since the nineties. Uh, the way the the semiconductor or like the just the hardware industry has uh, kind of propelled itself. There, I don't think the barrier to entry for most hardware technology devices is the cost anymore. Mm. Right, we we as humans have found out the sweet spot of adopting a new technology between like 300 to a thousand dollars, right? That's right, where we right. feel the most comfortable adopting the new technology, mm-hmm. anything which goes more than a thousand. And historically you can see that, right? You can see that 3d printers came out. They were like $4,000 devices didn't get mass adoption. The Apple computers that failed few thousand dollars didn't get mass adoption. iPods on the other hand, I don't know, they were priced around $399, got it right. New iPhones, when they came out, even they were, back in the day, they were like around $500. So I think companies now do realize that what is the sweet spot of adoption for a new tech, for the general Western consumer, right? Right. And yeah, I think getting the experience right is the, is the biggest thing because when Google came up with its glass, it was selling it for $599 or on some number like that. It was not out of reach, but the experience was something which was blocking your vision and people didn't like that. 
back in a moment after this word from the all-new Franchise Consumer Experience Conference. Franchise Update Media and the International Franchise Association invite you to join us June 20th through the 23rd in Atlanta at the all-new FCXC. This is the combined former marketing shows from Franchise Update and IFA along with the old Operations Conference. There's a great lineup of keynotes and C-level franchisors talking about marketing, operations, and technology. And I will be there with my crew from Ularity podcasting and chatting with you live. Be sure to register early. Slots will be limited. And pro tip, get your hotel rooms in Buckhead reserved right now. They're going to fill up fast. Learn more at francxc.com. So let's talk about barriers to entry for brands. We mentioned a couple of brands earlier that are that are diving into the metaverse in in a couple of different ways. Um, what should a brand do, in your opinion, right now? Should they jump in? Should they should they try something? Should they experiment a little bit? Should they put a lot of resources into this, or or should they pull back and wait a bit? And any thoughts? I definitely think that, you know, as with any brand that is uh, cares about the future, and I'm assuming most of the good brands out there do, in having a, a small team of people, right? It can be one, it can be somebody's part-time job. It can be two if you're a larger brand. Being on the forefront of, of the metaverse and the NFTs and, and the entire Web3 concept is important just to make sure that you know you are not caught faxing away when the email was pressed, right? Right. So yeah. So it is important <laughs> to do that. Right. And I think there are a couple of things as you mentioned, right? Like, and I'm sure this would probably be the leading question is what needs to be realized, right, to make it a real thing. Right. And I think there are a couple of things there which probably are interesting. Uh, and the most important thing there is just the concept of money, right? If the metaverse is to thrive, the metaverse will need to function similarly to a real world economy, right? Just like the real world, or at least in the capitalist society, we have to in incentivize individuals in the metaverse to participate in it and then grow the economy. And we are seeing early signs of this, but the whole concept of how e the, the basic concept of you know, the economics work, they, have, they need to get translated into the metaverse. And that's what we are seeing now. Last question I really wanted to pick your brain about really comes down to talent. I know you work with lots of very talented engineers um, uh, at Ularity and at some of our partner companies and, and, you know, all across your, your day-to-day -day work. What does the talent pool look like as far as people who can help companies jump into the metaverse and, and develop new things? And, and are, are we lacking talent out there? Are there, are there lots of jobs to be had by, uh, people who could work for brands that want to jump in, or do we need more training and, and more experience and more, uh, uh, more people learning other skills before we can really, you know, go to war with this big army in the metaverse? That's a good question. Um, in my, in, uh, in my opinion, 
I think right now, as the world stands right now, I think we are correctly matched in terms of supply and demand of talent for, for, uh, for metaverse-specific opportunities. I have not yet seen areas where the brand is trying to aggressively recruit for a metaverse expert because it has this great project and it's not been able to get that, uh, get that talent, right? And I think, as, I, as you were saying before, I think the brands also have to be cautious that the concept of economy is not yet fully real as compared to physical world. So investing in the metaverse and thinking that it can completely replace their physical world economics and cash overnight is not, is not a real thing to think about right now. So that being said, if you're hiring slowly but cautiously for the metaverse, I think the, the demand or the supply for the individuals is there. I think it will, now you will see in some, some years from now, I'm pretty sure as you see web developers and you see all these engineers, uh, you know, backend engineering, frontend engineering, web development, app development, there will be specific fields and schools being taught on the concepts of like metaverse or 3D, uh, 3D programming. Right? There's some schools that do that, which are like the gaming specific degrees. But, but believe it or not, it is very, very similar to gaming in a way, because most games give you a concept of three dimensions. Yeah, it, really without gaming and, and the, the advances gaming has made over the past, mm-hmm. let's say, two decades, mm-hmm. we would not be where we are now or, or even, even, you know, getting in the doorway of the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, 100%, right? Like gaming has indirectly contributed to a lot of different ways that we take for granted right now. For example, right, a simple example is Slack. Slack used, like Slack, which is a quintessential business communication tool now, used to be a way for gamers to communicate mid-game. And that's how, and, and it, the ease of it and everything became so popular that it became a mainstream business tool. Excellent. Tanoosh, thank you so much for sharing some ideas on the metaverse. And we're going to stay on this topic throughout the rest of this year. And, uh, and we'd love to have you come back and, and, and chat some more. Always a pleasure, Jack. Thank you so much. Before we go, a quick word from Thrive. Thrive is an end-to-end client experience software for growing franchise brands. With their turnkey solution, franchisors can be confident every location is running and growing on the same franchise marketing software. Easily view your best and worst performing locations, filtered by metrics such as geography, average order value, number of appointments, and more. Keep tabs on your entire business and individual locations all from one place. Check it out today at thrive.com slash features slash franchises. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.